What is Success in Youth Ministry? All this and more on Youth and Culture. Today is an exciting day. I'm super excited to let everybody know that I finally have someone who's going to be co-hosting this podcast with me. Um, His name is Clint Hendricks, a great guy. He's a local guy. We've been doing uh, youth ministry in some ways together, bouncing off ideas. I've been spending the last six to eight months to really get to know each other. So I'm really excited to have him on board. Uh, So we discuss different topics and subjects uh, dealing with youth ministry uh, to help youth pastors, youth leaders. Um, And we'll we'll be doing a little bit of some things uh, also uh, for parents as well to help parents uh, when it comes to discipling their kids as well. Uh, So I'm really excited to have him on board, on the podcast, on the Youth and Culture podcast. Super excited. Um, Also, I'm really excited that today is episode number 11. So if you're uh, listening today and um, you've tuned in, I want to thank you for making this uh, part of your day today. Uh, Today, me and Clint spent some time um, talking about what is success in youth ministry and what does that look like? How do you gauge success? Um, what is it? is it? Is it based off of numbers? Is it based off of how many kids or spiritually being changed or whatnot? What is success? How do you gauge it um, as a as a student slash youth pastor? How do you gauge that success in your ministry? So tune in as we talk with Clint Hendricks. Super excited to be uh, talking to a good friend of mine, uh, Clint. And now Clint is a youth guy here locally where I'm located at, and I'll let him introduce himself uh, here in just a second. But I'm really excited because I finally have a someone to co-host with me uh, a little bit throughout this podcast, because I know all of y'all out there are listening or maybe a a little bit want to hear a little bit more of a different point of view and a different uh, personality. So I'm super excited to be uh, us two co-hosting together a little bit here on the podcast and Youth and Culture uh, podcast. But Clint, uh, how about for those who are listening who don't know who you are, kind of talk a little bit about yourself and your journey, journey in ministry and where you are today. All right, so I'm Clint. Uh, I'm uh, the youth pastor intern over at Vertical Church. Uh, I've been that for the last year now, um, and working on my internship, I've got about another year left. 
I went to a Christian school my whole life, and then I went to a, a state school, and uh, went a little astray there. We'll just we'll, we'll just go with that for right now, and uh, got back into to things around 2014 um, when I attended church and rededicated my life and felt God's call to be student uh, ministry led and. Uh, Started out as a student or as a, a student small group leader and worked my way up from there, I guess, is what you call it. And uh, now the rest is history, I, I guess, is what you say. Okay, one thing that, um, again, those of you who are listening, you've been listening for a while, uh, you're going to probably see a little bit of changes of, of how the uh, podcast is structured a little bit uh, because we're making changes. Clint's going to be is going to be helping me uh, do some, doing some interviews and co-hosting a little bit with me. But one, one subject that uh, we both talk about a lot and the last, uh, really the last, uh, probably about three to four months and uh, continue had our conversations about is what, what is success in student ministry, uh, youth ministry? What does it look like? Um, how do we gauge it? Um, Cause I think that it, it's success in ministry in general, but specifically in youth ministry, it's, it's sometimes I think we lose the mark and, and what success is and, and what godly success is. Um, so what we kind of did, did was we kind of talk a little bit and kind of both of us, each of us kind of did a list of um, what we uh, personally define success in uh, student ministry slash youth ministry and and. And so, Clint, how about how about you go first? Since you're new to the podcast, how about you uh, list one thing that you that you consider success in student ministry? Uh, my number one thing is discipleship. Um, that's students discipling students, leaders discipling leaders, leaders discipling students, and uh, it's uh, honestly probably the biggest point that I have. You know, it's the, the most important uh, to create disciples and to create disciples that keep creating disciples. Uh, that was actually, I would say that was number one on my list as well is uh, students discipling um, students. Um, now that's, that's very hard to really ta- have tangible data on who's discipling, who, who's maturing in the faith. Because uh, I think one thing that, uh, that I think youth ministry as a whole get wrapped up in, and even church as a whole, because we're here in America, specifically here in America, because we're very consumer-minded, mm-hmm. um, very much entertainment-minded, and we like to be entertained. Uh, one thing that I think youth ministry and church as a whole here in, in America are caught up in is this um, idea that success is based off of how many students are showing up on a given Wednesday. Uh, I think that we get so caught up in that and, and by numbers, numbers driven, um, that we forget that the Great, the great Commission, uh, uh, Matthew 28, uh, is commanded to make disciples. Uh, we're commanded to go out and make disciples. Not conversion, salvation—that's a part of it. Uh, but we're, we're we're called ultimately to make 
disciples. I think we kind of lose that uh, mentality and that 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 uh, understanding, and specifically in student ministry, because we're, we're so focused on how many kids are walking through the door. And I know, Clint, you and me had talked about this a lot. It's it's really hard when you have, it's awesome to have 200 and some kids coming into a student ministry, uh, but it's really hard uh, to disciple, make sure that 200 kids are being discipled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, it's a lot of work. That's a lot of training when it comes to your, your, your leaders and training them to disciple. There's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, but numbers shouldn't be, in my opinion, should be the end goal. I agree. Um, it, sh- it, sh- it should be uh, seeing students investing in other students' lives. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have 200 kids and that's happening, that's awesome. But if you have 15 kids and that's happening, that's still equally awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that yeah, that was the first thing that was on my list uh, was also students discipling students. Um, also, I, I put a little note saying students being equipped uh, for ministry um, as well as what I have in here. Um, so, Clint, what was your what was your second one? It kind of goes under discipleship, if you want, because discipleship is so broad. Uh, but spirit, uh, student growth, personally and spiritually, for me, um, just uh, making sure that they're not plateaued anywhere or that they're not, you know, they convert and then that's where they stay is baby Christians, making sure that they're growing. And uh, like I said, that falls under discipleship because somebody really has to sit there and walk along with them along the road. You can't do it by yourself, you know. Um, but that's my number two, uh, just making sure that that growth is happening somewhere and that's when they feel the call to serve, that you're helping them to serve, finding them a place, whether it's in kids or your host team or, you know, on worship for a youth group, wherever, just giving them a place to serve. Or if they have questions that you're available to to answer those questions, um, just uh, allowing them to grow and, and pushing them to grow is probably number two for me. Yeah, uh, well, I, would, I agree with that wholeheartedly as well. And, and again, that's something that we we both have talked about uh, quite a few times. But uh, my number two that I put put down um, again, this is not an exhaustive list uh, by no means. But uh, uh, number two, I put I put down is building a sustainable mm-hmm. uh, youth ministry. Um, and basically, the whole concept of sustainable youth ministry uh, that. Um, drive drive this idea and this concept was actually through a, through a book by Mark DeVries uh, called Sustainable Youth Ministry. Uh, basically, the gist of this book, if you can sum it up, is uh, creating a ministry, youth ministry, that doesn't revolve around one person, around a youth pastor or student pastor. It's really investing and equipping uh, adults, students, and actually doing the ministry. And again, this this would this and reason why I put this for me personally because I was not doing this for a few years um, in my in my ministry here currently mm-hmm. I, in a church I was currently at uh, I had High Park. I was actually spending I was doing the the teaching, I was doing the games, um, I was doing the sound, 
I was doing worship. Uh, I was doing almost absolutely everything mm-hmm. at one point. And me and my wife, we were both uh, spending a night with a student uh, roughly about four or five times a week. So we were only spending time as a family uh, with my kids and we're as a family at dinner time that night, probably probably two or three times a week. And that was it because uh, we were so so just doing everything and so wrapped up in ministry and we were enjoying it and loving it. Uh, but at the same time it was, it was hurting our family and hurting our marriage in a lot of ways uh, as well. So I, I did we put sustainable youth ministry because if a whole entire ministry revolves around one individual, one person, and something happens to that one individual, one person, the the ministry falls apart. Um, so that, that was probably my success in youth ministry is, is just developing a ministry uh, that's sustainable, that doesn't revolve around me. Um, uh, one of my goals is, and I'm working on it, is I'm putting leaders and, and adults in certain key positions uh, from worship to uh, sound. I, we have teens working in sound. I have teens doing worship as well. Uh, I even have, I'm developing a, I have an, a, someone who's a, a classifies a, as an event coordinator for me who helps me with events. Um, so I'm gradually, slowly trying to build um, a, a youth ministry that's sustainable, that doesn't revolve around me. And again, it takes time. I'm not there yet. Still got more uh, room to improve, but that's the ultimate goal. And I see that, I also count that as success. But basically for me, if I can work myself Every youth pastor, their goal should be working himself out of a job. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you look throughout history, um, church history specifically, you look through it, uh, the concept, the idea of a youth pastor is fairly new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it is driven by our culture. Uh, there's a big need because of the, the family's broken and the brokenness of the family, and the, and now you're seeing a widespread epidemic in our culture of, of discipleship, of parents discipling uh, their kids. You're seeing this all across the board in our country, country right now, and, and that's contributed to the need of a youth pastor in the church. And so if you have built a ministry, a sustainable youth ministry, a ministry to where you are no longer relevant to me, you have succeeded uh, where you're at. Now, that's an that's a ultimate goal, and that's a hard goal to attain. Uh, but that, to me, is the ultimate success. I, I agree. Like, as trying to run a multi-site youth group, you know, you have to do that. You have to prepare leaders. Because you can't be three places at once. Um, and that's a, that's a struggle. You, you can't do it all by yourself in three places, um, even though you want to, because I find myself wanting to do all of it, planning games, doing the music, uh, speaking, leading a small group, buying the food, setting it up. I, I, I get it. Like I, I understand that it, it's a tough uh, thing to, to let go of, but you got to because you're going to be exhausted. You're going to ruin your ministry personally. And you're going to ruin your ministry uh, in your church. You know, you can't you can't expect to do all of it and have a successful ministry because you're going to do things that you're not good at. And it's going to take away from what you're good at. You know, uh, I've been reading a book uh, 
Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley. And the one thing that was super convicting when I first opened the book was him telling how he had to let go of things he was bad at so he could do what he was good at. And it feels counterproductive because for me, I have to let go of things that I'm bad at that nobody can pick up the slack. So they just kind of hang there. But in essence, the things that I'm good at has taken that more places than I could ever imagine. You know, um, just uh, being able to uh, disciple leaders is a big part in that you can't do it alone. You need a good group of leaders that you're discipling and taking with you and teaching how to be a youth pastor, how to take their next step in youth ministry is a big is a big part too. Because you do want to work yourself out of a job. You want to be the guy standing over in the corner and not having to do a whole lot. Uh, personally, that, that's the, the main goal here in the end is just planning what's going on and then saying, hey, here, enact it, take it, and go with it. And then you watch and make sure everything's good. Yeah, because our... Uh... As a pastor, our, our role is to equip the saints for the ministry, mm-hmm. not us do everything. Um, and it took me, it took me a long time. I, I, again, I grew up as I grew up in ministry. I was a pastor's kid, seen everything. My, my grandfather was a pastor in my home church for forty plus years before he retired. My dad was uh, in ministry for uh, about twenty five years before he went on the mission field overseas and um so i've been a grew up in ministry seen it uh but i never quite grasped this um until i was actually doing full-time ministry um even when i was doing lay leader doing a lot of volunteer work almost like a mini youth pastor in some ways without getting paid uh where i was serving at up in up in virginia i still didn't quite understand this and really grasp it um until i was working full-time ministry because uh, I, I totally agree that that our role as a pastor is to equip the saints for ministry. That is our role, and and as a, as a as a youth pastor, it's your role to equip people uh, for adults and students um, interchangeably. Your goal is is, is you know, of course as a youth pastor, your title is reaching students, but both of those things are important: equipping leaders and also equipping. Um, students for the work in the ministry. Uh, one thing I did—I didn't really plan this. In fact, we never talked about this before. It just kind of popped in my head as we're sitting here talking. Um, is uh, what? Uh, it's kind of this idea: if if what is the dangers of being finding your identity? Uh, and your success and identity, specifically in youth ministry, uh, in the numbers. How many kids show up? What do, what do you think? What do you think some of the dangers would be in having that kind of mindset? Because I, I have a few ideas and a few things, and I have my opinion. I just want to see what what, is, what do you think some dangers are with that? My biggest thing is if you're not prepared to have 150 or 200 kids or however many you're going to have the kids that want to be there and want to learn uh, not learning and not growing, and they're going to be stagnant. Um, we, we've experienced that whole idea of having 150 when we were doing outreach ministry at uh, the local rec here. Um, 
but it it was great outreach ministry, but we weren't uh, able to teach our students that wanted to learn as well. And it hurt our students for a long time, uh, not being able to pour into those kids. Trying to focus on 150 kids is hard when you're not prepared, uh, for sure. Um, you risk your, your kids not learning, the kids that want to be there, that want to learn about Jesus, um, not even showing up. And then all you have is the kids that want to eat pizza and play basketball left and they disrupt the whole message because they're not going to even listen in school. Why are they going to listen to something they don't have to, you know, yeah. those are the biggest things for me. Um, just the, the students get hurt more than the leaders in this, this scenario. I, I agree with that as well. One thing that, um, from a, from a youth minister, youth minister or pastor or student pastor perspective, um, I think if you're a, Identity and you're so wrapped in numbers, and your identity is wrapped in for success, success specifically, and mm-hmm. how many how many kids are showing up. Uh, what happens to you personally is over time, because uh, because how you, ministry is period, especially youth ministry, but ministry across the board. Um, you're gonna have, you're gonna have fluctuate numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have people. You're gonna have some years that's higher, some years is lower. Uh, summers, especially in our context here where we're at, is is basically almost zilch who show up <laughs> on during the summers. Uh, so that's just our context. So, so it's constantly fluctu- numbers constantly fluctuate. Uh, very rarely do they stay exactly the same year by year. Uh, very rarely. Um, because of that, it is if you wrap your success and, and how many kids are showing up on a week-to-week basis, what happens is when the, your numbers drop, is that if, if you're because again your your success is wrapped in that, uh, and your identity is wrapped in that. So when your numbers drop, that affects you personally. For us, feeling like you're a failure. Uh, that God can't use you. Obviously, God, God's not working, and all these things that uh, are popping into your head, and because your identity is wrapped in how many kids are showing up uh, on a given Wednesday or Sunday or whatever day of day of the week you meet, uh, meet. and so because of that, you, it if it it's it affects the way you can minister. Affects the way uh, you pastor because your success is so wrapped in that. And I've seen that. I got friends in ministry that have fallen in this trap of uh, their identity being wrapped in how many kids they come. Uh, and I got friends that have had 100, 150 kids showing up, but then all of a sudden uh, there's a period in their ministry where those numbers drop and plateau. And instead of, and so what they're blaming and looking at is that. If they feel like God has removed their, his hand off of the ministry, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, most of the times, of course, you, when, you, when you see numbers, because you do need to look at it, because a number is a person, it's a student, so you've got to look at numbers in that respect, and you got to look at if you have see plateaus and see periods in your ministry where numbers are dropping, of course, you need to do some evaluation to say, hey, is it something I'm doing uh, 
Um, is it something that's going on within the church? Is it something that's going outside our community? What exactly is affecting and causing this? So you need to have that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. um, so I totally agree when it, when it comes to that, when it comes to numbers, but you don't need to sit there and think that God's hands is off of you and off of your ministry. And because that causes depression. Uh, and, and some some friends, it, they completely left ministry because of it. Uh, because they felt like God was no longer blessing them and they're no, no longer called for ministry. But that's a total opposite of what your attitude and your heart needs to be because it doesn't matter how many kids are showing up. Those kids are equally important. Uh, you, if you have 15 kids show up, those kids are just equally as important and as and you should work your heart out even if there's a hundred kids mm -hmm. and it's both equal, but, but when we get caught up in numbers and success and identity and numbers, when we have, when we have 30 kids, all of a sudden we have five, we see, we see, so we look at those five. So where, where, where's everybody at? And but in reality, those five kids are, are, you're losing the opportunity to minister them, to, to disciple them, to develop them because you're so worried about losing mm -hmm. the kids are not there. I agree. You know, we, we dropped down from 15, 20 at the beginning of the summer to two at one point. Um, and had we been wrapped up in the numbers, we probably would have just said, Hey, we're not going to meet the rest of the summer. You know, like, Hey, we're, we're not going to meet, uh, because numbers are low, blah, blah, blah. But meeting with those two students was probably, more fulfilling than meeting with 150 students because you got to practice that discipleship model where you're one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two and you're teaching them. You're able to go a little bit more in depth with what you prepared to talk about. Um, you're able to spend a little more time talking to those students and finding out who they are as a person, who they are or where they're at in life. Um, and, and that's more rewarding than having 200 kids to me personally. Um, and like I said, I feel like our youth group is as healthy as it's ever been at 20 and 25. And um, it's just a little more better, if you want to put it that way, to, to be able to spend time focusing on, on the 25 than it is 150 for me. And uh, that's just a, a little bit from experience and a little bit just because I'm a little bit uh, claustrophobic when there's 150 kids running around the gym. But uh, it's, it's uh, the discipleship's a little easier. And like I said, that's my, my number one point was discipleship. And it's just uh, a lot easier to do that way. No, that's all I agree. I've been in both... Uh... Both environments have been to a youth group that's over 200, over 200 kids, and I've been in an environment uh, where there's uh, 40 kids. I've been in an environment where there's 20 kids. So I've been in uh, different different environments. I do have this, and it's it's just it's not it's harder to to disciple and make sure discipleship, real discipleship, is happening when you have a lot of kids. And again, there's nothing wrong with having. 200, 500 kids. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it is harder, in a sense, to make sure that they're getting uh, being discipled because you really have to do some hardcore training 
when it comes to leaders and adults. And sometimes in some situations, depending on your area, uh, you're dealing with uh, a lot of adults that haven't been discipled themselves. Uh, so, you, so it's hard to have that uh, going on in your student ministry within them themselves haven't really been discipled. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, so it, it is to me, it is easier. The smaller it is, the easier uh, it is because it's more organic uh, in, a, in a lot of aspects. And even when you look at with you look at Christ, Christ had uh, teaching the multitudes. Uh, he has he had his disciples, uh, twelve disciples, and he had his three. And he had different layers of, of discipleship. Uh, within within his ministry on here on earth, and that's the same thing, it, same kind of model you need to have even with youth youth ministry. It is more effective to disciple small, just like Christ discipled small. It is more effective, uh, and the smaller that is, the more effective that discipleship relationship is. Uh, so I totally agree. Now, now, should you have be able to reach as many students as you have? Absolutely, but when you do it. Make sure you have a game plan on seeing them disciple. Be prepared. That's the big plan. Be prepared. Well, Clint, uh, of course, you're, uh, you're going to be on here a little bit more often now. But uh, for those who may want to get up with you uh, to hear more about your story and uh, ministry and what you're doing, what's the best way for people to get connected with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I can, I'll answer that way. It's Clint Hendrick, C-L-I-N-T-H-E-N-D-R-I-X, 1-5 on Instagram. Or my my email is clint at govertical.org. Um, I check that nearly about every five minutes, I think. So I'll hit you up there. Um, but those are the two best ways to get up with me. You, you want to contact me. Well, Clint, I want to appreciate you taking your time out to kind of talk a little bit about what is success in student ministry, what it looks like. So I'd appreciate you coming out. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me. It was fun, extremely fun. Understanding what success is, is so important in ministry as a whole and also in youth ministry. Again, you can, it's so easy to get caught up in finding our identity of success and based off of how many kids are showing up and we lose sight of those kids who are there and we end up not investing and discipling those kids. Uh, so again, it's a very important and again, what I'm very appreciative of Clint coming out and us discussing this based off of our own personal experience and our own failures. Um, also of, of our experience of our, our ministry mentors that have mentored both of us as well. Uh, again, I'm super excited that, again, that Clint's going to be coming out and, and co-hosting with me as we discuss different topics uh, concerning youth ministry and that have affected us over time, the things that we've dealt with personally. Again, if there's a topic or something you would like us to talk about, feel free to leave us a voice message. You can look in the show notes. Uh, it gives you a link to where you can do that, or you can DM um, us on either Facebook or Instagram. Again, all those links will be in the show notes for you. Again, stay tuned to next week's episode.